That's it. One woman. One man, one woman, in a strong bond, related to each other for life, for that is the only way to comprehend true love, true affections. And if you go to any other outside of that marriage relationship, you will commit sexual immorality, and your heart will turn away from the Lord. And his mom is warning him specifically of that. This is Timeless Truth Today, and I'm your host, Matt Williams. Welcome to part two of Pastor Lance Quinn's series from Proverbs chapter 31, titled Wine, Women, and the Song of Justice. You may be familiar with Proverbs 31 as a tribute to a woman who is God-fearing and a model to women who aspire to completeness in Him. That begins in verse 10 of this chapter, but verses 1 through 9 are the words of King Lemuel, relating what his mother, the queen mother, instilled in him about godly, righteous living. And he could be describing her in verses 10 through 31. Here's a quick little quiz to get us ready for the message to come. Ready? Who is the smartest man in the Bible? Solomon. Who is the strongest man in the Bible? Samson. Who in the Bible had the strongest heart for God? Wasn't it David? And what do they all have in common? They were all brought down by lust. Here's Pastor Lance as he gives us timeless insights on wrong choices we make with part two of Wine, Women, and the Song of Justice. For all of the kings of Israel, and you know the sad history of so many of them, if not most of them, they did not do the very thing that King Lemuel's mother passionately warned him about. In fact, all the way back to Deuteronomy. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 17. All the way back in Deuteronomy, Moses warns all of the future leaders of the house of Israel to be warned about their leadership, about their kingly rule. And in Deuteronomy chapter 17, you have this at the very beginning of Israel's history. Deuteronomy chapter 17, verse 14. When you enter the land which the Lord your God gives you, and you possess it and live in it, and you say, I will set a king over me like all the nations who are around me. And now, here's the plan. Here's the Lord's instruction. Here's His will. Here's the mandate. Here's the command. You shall surely set a king over you whom the Lord your God chooses, one from among your countrymen. You shall set as king over yourselves. You may not put a foreigner over yourselves who is not your countryman. Moreover, he shall not multiply horses for himself, that is, be greedy, nor shall he cause the people to return to Egypt to multiply horses, since the Lord has said to you, you shall never again return that way. And then notice this in verse 17. He shall not multiply wives for himself, or else his heart will turn away, nor shall he greatly increase silver and gold for himself. Very clear warnings. Very clear guidelines on what each of these kings of Israel must stay away from. The accumulation of riches, horses, silver and gold, the intoxication of, of power, even though they are the sovereign head of their people, they're not to be intoxicated with power, with greed, and stuck right in the middle of that, the multiplicity of wives, of women. And for what purpose? Or else his heart will turn away. 
And is that not, my friends, is that not the sad history of King Solomon himself, the author of the first 29 chapters of Proverbs? Oh, all of those chapters have all kinds of proverbial wisdom, and would it have been to God that Solomon himself would have followed his own Proverbs? Look at Nehemiah. Look at Nehemiah's book that is so excellent in this regard of warning us. Look at the last chapter, chapter 13. He, Nehemiah, even gives us a warning from Solomon's own life. He gives us a warning about mixed marriages, about sexual immorality, we might say, in our day and age. In chapter 13, verse 23, In those days I also saw that the Jews had married women from Ashdod, Ammon, and Moab. As for their children, half spoke in the language of Ashdod, and none of them was able to speak the language of Judah, but the language of his own people. In other words, they had so intermarried that they weren't even able to speak the language of their own heritage. Verse 25, so I contended with them and cursed them and struck some of them and pulled out their hair. That's certainly not the welcome wagon. And made them swear by God, you shall not give your daughters to their sons, nor take of their daughters for your sons or for yourselves. Why? Why the violent reaction on the part of Nehemiah? Verse 26, Did not Solomon, king of Israel, sin regarding these things? Yet among the many nations there was no king like him, and he was loved by his God, and God made him king over all Israel. Nevertheless, the foreign women caused even him to sin. Hence, the very warning that the queen mother gives to King Lemuel, don't fall to the same fate. Avoid Sexual immorality. Bruce Waltke says about this text, Obsession with such women corrupts the king's sovereign power, including wasting his money. Gratification of lust distracts his attention from serving the people, blunts his wit, undermines his good judgment, exposes him to palace intrigues, and squanders the national wealth better spent to promote the national good. David's lust for Bathsheba made him callous toward justice and cost Uriah his life. And Solomon's many sexual partners made him callous toward pure and undefiled religion and incapable of real love. Yes, it did. It made him callous to those things. And in fact... In chapter 11 of 1 Kings, verse 1, Now King Solomon loved many foreign women, along with the daughter of Pharaoh, Moabite, Ammonite, Edomite, Sidonian, and Hittite women, from the nations concerning which the Lord had said to the sons of Israel, You shall not associate with them, nor shall they associate with you, for they will surely turn your heart away after their gods. Solomon held fast to these in love. He had 700 wives princesses, and 300 concubines, and his wives turned his heart away. That's the sad fact, the tragedy. Now, with that as a background, notice what Solomon himself has done in the book of Proverbs in warning his own son Rehoboam against such things. And notice it well. Look at Proverbs chapter 2. 
This is a warning, regardless of the man who is speaking it, regardless of the man who is warning you, the warning stands still, the warning stands strong, the warning stands unabated. Proverbs chapter 2, you need to know the way of righteousness, the path of uprightness, chapter 2 verse 13, not to walk in the way of darkness, to stay away from those who delight in doing evil and rejoice in the perversity of evil, whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. This wisdom of God that is at your disposal is to deliver you from the strange woman, from the adulteress who flatters with her words, that leaves the companion of her youth and forgets the covenant of her God, for her house sinks down to death and her tracks lead to the dead." None who go to her return again, nor do they reach the paths of life. He didn't follow his own lead. Look at chapter 3. He says, I am telling you that you should not forget my teaching, verse 1. Let your heart keep my commandments for length of days and years of life and peace. They will add to you. Do not let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart so you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and man. Why? What will wisdom do for you? Well, he even personifies wisdom as lady wisdom. And he says... Verse 13, how blessed is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding for her profit. Notice that, lady wisdom, her profit, not the lady adulteress, but lady wisdom, her profit of silver and her gain is better than fine gold. She is more precious than jewels and nothing you desire compares with her. Find lady wisdom, incorporate lady wisdom in your life and specifically stay away from sexual immorality. Does he not say it in chapter 5? Stay away specifically from the adulteress. Does he not say it in chapter 6? Stay away from the adulteress. Stay away from foreign women. Stay away from those who are not your wife. Does he not say it in chapter 7? Does he not go back to Lady Wisdom in chapter 9? Over and over and over again. Even though Solomon did not heed his own warnings, King Lemuel's mother, with a passion in her heart, is saying to King Lemuel, do not, under any circumstances, go to the way with her. Do not give your strength to women. What does that mean? Your strength to women. Probably is a a euphemism, a, a metaphor, for talking about your sexual virility, your strength. Don't give your sexual satisfaction, your desires, your gratification to women. It is reserved alone for the queen. That's it. One woman, one man, one woman in a strong bond related to each other for life, for that is the only way to comprehend true love, true affections. And if you go to any other outside of that marriage relationship, you will commit sexual immorality and your heart will turn away from the Lord. And his mom is warning him specifically of that. And she even goes on to say in verse 3, doesn't she? Or your ways to that which destroys kings. Ways. Contextually, sexual immorality. Your ways, your strength, your virility. You must not do this. Proverbs 22.14 The mouth of an adulteress is a deep pit. He who is cursed of the Lord will fall into it. Don't fall into it, Lemuel. Don't do it. Chapter 23 Verse 27, for a harlot is a deep pit and an adulterous woman is a narrow well. 
Surely she lurks as a robber and increases the faithless among men. I was telling our men just on Wednesday night. We had 70 plus men who came to our, our men's Bible study time. And I was the first of these four speakers that we're going to be having on these four Wednesday nights together. And I closed with an illustration of Damon Evans, the now former athletic director at the University of Georgia, who was caught drinking and driving, even though he was the poster child at the University of Georgia at Sanford Stadium when they would have a film, a video clip before the games with Damon Evans himself as the athletic director warning people not to go away from the stadium drinking and driving. And he was caught in a car weaving in and through traffic, pulled over by the police and asking them not to arrest him, stating who he was, knowing that his career was likely over and he had a woman who was not his wife in the car and unmentionables in the car that was enough evidence to bring an open-shut case that he was committing immorality with her. And in the next few days, he was done. He was out. Out as athletic director. In fact, the very day that he was arrested was the very day that he was supposed to receive an extra $500,000 in a bonus to his salary for a job well done. Now his entire career is in shatters. If it can happen to an AD, could it not happen to a king? A king with a lot of power, a lot of sovereign rule. Who, who's going to question the king? Who's going to tell the king what to do? Who's going to come against the king? Who's going to warn him? I'll tell you who will warn him. His mom. And you believe me, that can go a long way. That can go a long way. And she does warn him. You're, you're my son. We're in the same family. I birthed you out of my own womb. And I'm telling you, I made a vow to the Lord about you. In other words, I indict the Lord against you through my vow if you're not remaining sexually pure. Now I'll tell you, that's a godly mother who's raining down the authority of the Lord Himself if you don't keep your vow to the Lord of being the righteous King you ought to be. He's warning about women. Warning about women. I ask the question, you're not a king. I'm not a king. You might not even be an elected official. Most of us are not. We've not been elected to any public office. But is this not a warning to each of us about our own purity? About our own lives? About what we think? About what we see? About what we do? Especially when no one else is looking? Are you involved in sexual immorality? You say no, not physically. But is your mind involved in sexual temptation for which you are failing day after day? That's why we're having these Wednesday nights with our men to try to win the battle for sexual purity because we know that the strength of the church is commensurate with the strength of the men of the church and how they say no to sexual immorality all the way up and through to the leadership who if they could be likened to a king, all of us have the high standard and the leaders are supposed to lead the way to say no to sexual immorality because if we don't, it clouds our judgment, it makes us skewed in our thinking and we do not respond as we ought and then we begin slow spiritual compromises until we are at the bottom near the dregs because we've gotten involved and entwined in illicit relationships and it clouds our judgment and we don't know the right decisions to make. How much more is that important for a king or a ruler? That's why she's warning him. Here's the second one. 
Wine. Wine. Look at verses 4 and 5. It is not for kings, O Lemuel. It is not for kings to drink wine or for rulers to desire strong drink. Why? For they will drink and forget what is decreed and pervert the rights of all the afflicted. Stop there. She's warning him not only about women, not only about illicit relationships, not only about the compromises that happen in a kingdom when the king is on the take sexually, but also when the king has his judgment clouded when he's drinking, over-drinking, inebriated, and doesn't have the mental capacity to make right decisions. And when he does, the Bible says that you will drink and you will forget what is decreed, scary as that seems, and you'll pervert the rights of all the afflicted. Very serious issue. No king in power, no ruler needs to be in a position of that kind of sovereign rule and powerful judgment and so drinks himself into a mess that he doesn't know the right from the wrong. He forgets what is decreed. The up is down, the down is up. He's not ruling righteously. And because he's not ruling righteously, he's a person who's perverting justice and he's taking those who are afflicted who need us the hurting the discouraged the ones without attorney advocate the ones who need a judge who's not on the take and he's perverting their rights he's turning the kingdom upside down why how what oh my son what O son of my womb, what? O son of my vows, you the king? As the queen mother, I have my duty to warn you that if you drink yourself drunk, I don't think it's necessarily saying, because that would have been totally foreign in the courts of the Middle East to not have any drink at all, because frankly, most of that which they drank was this kind of drink, wine. What he's saying is, if you drink to excess, if you're inebriated, you'll forget what is decreed and you'll pervert all of the rights of the afflicted. What, What are you doing? How are you leading? Your kingly rule is in trouble. Why? How? Because you've been cavorting with women who are not your wife and they've skewed your judgment and you can't, won't know how to act appropriately when you're in office And what's worse, you're taking your immorality and you're also bringing into it the wine of celebration and you're so drunk, you don't even know how to rule properly. These are some somber, sober, but poignant and necessary warnings from a mom who loves her son and who is asking him to rule righteously because a vow made to God is a vow that should be kept. Proverbs 20, verse 1. The Old Testament is filled with these kinds of warnings. Chapter 20, verse 1. Wine is a mocker, strong drink a brawler, and whoever is intoxicated by it is what? Not wise. Not wise. How important would it be for a king to be wise? Look at chapter 23. Uh, you probably remember it well. Verse 29, Who has woe? Who has sorrow? Who has contentions? Who has complaining? Who has wounds without cause? Who, who has redness of eyes? 
Those who linger long over wine, those who go to taste mixed wine, do not look on the wine when it is red, when it sparkles in the cup. In other words, it's tempting to you when it goes down smoothly. At the last, it bites like a serpent and stings like a viper. Your eyes will see strange things and your mind will utter perverse things. And you will be like the one who lies down in the middle of the sea or like one who lies down on the top of a mast. They struck me, but I did not become ill. They beat me, but I did not know it. When shall I awake? I will see another drink. Can you imagine a king like that? Perverting justice. He's even forgotten the law. What's decreed? That's why in Ecclesiastes chapter 10, we have this warning from the preacher. Woe to you, verse 16, Ecclesiastes 10. Woe to you, O land, whose king is a lad and whose princes feast in the morning. Blessed are you, O land, whose king is of nobility and whose princes eat at the appropriate time for strength and not for drunkenness. In other words, you got these lads who are in the place of nobility and they think they're ready, but they're not ready. And what they do is they feast in the morning. They have a party. It's a drunken party. Happy is the land who doesn't have a king like that. And you know, that was exactly the indictment of God on Israel. Look at chapter 5 of Isaiah. This was exactly the indictment of Yahweh on the leaders of Israel. Isaiah chapter 5, verse 22. Woe to those who are heroes in drinking wine and valiant men in mixing strong drink. Notice this. Who justify the wicked for a bribe and take away the rights of the one who are in the right. Very serious warnings to those in authority. Chapter 28, verse 5. In that day, the Lord of hosts will become a beautiful crown and a glorious diadem to the remnant of His people, a spirit of justice for Him who sits in judgment, a strength to those who repel the onslaught at the gate, and these also reel with wine and stagger from strong drink. The priest and the prophet reel with strong drink. They are confused by wine. They stagger from strong drink. They reel without having visions. They totter when rendering judgment. They're out of control. They don't know how to judge rightly. Chapter 56, verse 10. His watchmen are blind. All of them know nothing. All of them are mute dogs, unable to bark. Dreamers lying down who love to slumber. And the dogs are greedy. They're not satisfied. They are shepherds who have no understanding. They have all turned their own way, each one to his unjust gain, to the last one. Come, they say, let us get wine and let us drink heavily of strong drink. And tomorrow will be like today, only more so. Hey, the life of the party. These are leaders. These are shepherds. You're not supposed to be responding in that way. You're listening to Timeless Truth Today. Do you know anyone who has fallen this way? Are you one of them? In the classic movie Rocky, Rocky Balboa's coach advises him that while training, to stay away from women. Because, as he ironically explains, quote, women weaken legs. What did he mean by that? Your relationships have a way of either helping you along God's desired path or distracting you off of it. There is a destiny for you, a place that God wants you to end up, and choices you make will determine if, how, and when you get there. 
Have your choices and relationships, quote, weakened your legs? Or are your relationships making you stronger in your walk with the Lord? As God's Word tells us in 1 Corinthians 15, bad company corrupts good morals. If you're interested in learning how God can instill wisdom in making choices that affect you both now and forever, visit our website, timelesstruthtoday.org. On the homepage, select Broadcasts. There you'll find a treasury of Pastor Lance's teachings. Timeless Truth Today is a broadcast teaching ministry of Pastor Lance Quinn, a listener-supported outreach of Bethany Bible Church in Thousand Oaks, California. While you're on our website, timelesstruthtoday.org, would you consider making a financial gift toward this outreach ministry? You can be part of reaching countless souls with the good news of Jesus Christ. Simply select Donate on the homepage of timelesstruthtoday.org. Listen tomorrow for the conclusion of our series. It's part three of Wine, Women, and the Song of Justice. I'm Matt Williams for Timeless Truth Today. Thank you for listening.